is Sports Arena and it is ReCW, your weekly look into the world of extreme. So we look at ECW Hardcore TV from episode one all the way to 401 this week. We're looking at episodes 123 and 124. You got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay and Griff. So hello, Jay and Griff. Hi, Jay and Griff. That's Jay. Hi, people. That's Griff. Just like that. Oh, how are we doing? Before we continue, before we continue doing the whole like we say it in the order that you say it in. Well, I like it. It works for, for those new people. Hello, new people. <laughs> it helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Hi, new people. Where have you been? Yeah, go back and listen to some of the episodes. Not too far. Catching back, up but... to do. Some of yeah. them. Isn't it every every twenty-five? Every 25 works, get a little rundown. Mount Rushmore, which we're doing next week, by the way. That's exciting, folks. Yeah, it's going to be tricky going forward, though, after that. Do you reckon? I think, well, because we're now into the world of manual counting, because the network has changed its format and doesn't tell us the episode numbers. I'm no mathematician, but I can add two every week. Is it two, though? Sometimes it's three, sometimes it's one. Oh, it's come, two, I'm comfortable. I'm Can we just say, if they're listening, if it's not broke, why fix it? I don't like it. Oh. Apparently it makes it really hard to kind of, you know those like things where Sandman takes 10 minutes to walk to the ring, you just want to fast forward it a little bit. Yeah, that's difficult. It, the navigation system is really difficult. I don't think, I haven't got a wish list anymore. I don't know if they've got rid of that. Yeah. It, it, it's taking a little bit of getting used to. Um, uh, almost as shocking as the revelation that Griff, you don't watch the Sandman's entrance fully. <laughs> I just think because it hasn't got Metallica, I, I don't appreciate it as it would have been. That's true. I feel like I'm watching like a porno about the sound effects. It's got some cheesy music over it. Just play it's stuff from your, your your Spotify over it. Just, you know, whatever's going on. I don't just much thinking. No, just put it on random. You know, you get some odd song like Amazed to come on and just have that go and through. I'll have Bill Alfonso turn up and say, hey, that's copyright. Maybe at least they'll be the mind that. The commissioner. That right song is banned in ECW. Play it. I dare you to play it. And I'll ban you. Daddy. <laughs> Daddy. Um, just just trying to do that impression has made me realise how close Bill Alfonso and Cartman are. They're only a couple of steps away from each other. Maybe Bill Alfonso is Cartman's daddy. Oh. Ah, so the Terrence of Fanny movie. Who wants to touch me? His impressions. That was are, a terrible impression. It really was. I was going <laughs> to pretend to support you, but it was. It was no, we have I'll to do distance better, for I'll do a better Kenny. I'll for credibility. Kenny impression. Oh. I think Kenny is kind of sounds like Marty Jannetty's conference calls. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how you do that. Every time. Your Marty Jannetty impression it sounds like a um, little man trapped in a box. Skip that guy used to do. <laughs> Well, as soon as I get out of this box, I'm coming for him. <laughs> I may only be two foot tall, but damn it, it's all two foot of fight. I'm a rocker. 
Oh, but a rock and roll all night. Woo! Where's Leif Cassidy when you need him? Um, right. Still to come. Uh-huh. 29th of August, 1995. A show dedicated to Eddie Guerrero and Dean Malenko. And a cameo by two cold Scorpios. Hey, hey, hey. Scorp dog. Snoopy dip dip. Um, yeah, so basically we get the highlights of Feud. I'm not even sure the running order of this. We get highlights of Feud of Demon Link and Eddie Guerrero. Joey Styles comes in the ring at some point, maybe the beginning. I don't know if it's uh, me, but I thought Joey Styles' suit was well too big for him. He goes into it. Yeah, I, I, he did look as if he's um, maybe wearing his dad's suit. Like, I don't know why after all these weeks and months... Only now, unless it's a new suit that Jason... He doesn't pull off like Jason. Well, I miss Jason. He must be coming back fairly soon. He is, but I just didn't want to ruin it. Oh. <laughs> Spoilers. Comes back with a brand new tag team. How do you like my new attitude? It will totally eliminate the competition. Oh, I see what it did there. Thank you. That's going to be good. Yeah, so he basically comes out at some point. He talks about how Demon Link and Eddie Guerrero work with New Japan Pro Wrestling. New Japan have got a relationship with WCW that does not allow them to work in ECW anymore. So they're both going to WCW, basically. Bischoff sucks. Bischoff sucks. So we get interviewed too called Scorpio. That was nice. And um, we think Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko in the infamous. If you look at any kind of history of ECW greatest matches, this is always in the discussion. It's true. Eddie Guerrero versus Dean Malenko, two out of three falls match. Um, is there anything you'd expect from these two? Just an outstanding match. Eddie won the first fall, Dean won the second fall, and just like everything else. They did the double pin, so had the draw. Which I thought was quite a beautiful. I think usually I'd feel like I was robbed. Oh, especially if but Eddie Guerrero just, and they're going goodbye. Especially if Eddie Guerrero like, just came out and beat him in eight minutes, it'd just kind of be weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> it yeah, um, he just does the two falls and doesn't need the third. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, this this match uh, kept my interest for the entire time, which considering how many matches now I have sat glued. To watching these two wrestle, it's, it's amazing that you know somehow it just keeps getting better and better and better all the way through. Um, uh, but I've got to say, I was, I was you know, the, the the finish did leave me a little bit flat because after all of this and everything going through and all we've done and all we've seen and the backwards and forwards and the nip and the tuck and all the rest of it, to still not separate them to still have this as a dead heat just uh, you know it, it kind of I didn't quite get it. It, it it felt as if they could have given either one some sort of final like ending to it yeah I think it cements it even more though in like wrestling like folklore like history I, just, I, I don't know usually I'd 
feel like you and feel like oh, I was a bit of a cop out, but I just kind of feel it worked. I, it's just it's the same stuff we've seen with them every time, and it's just it, yeah, it just kind of. I feel like what happened afterwards and the ovation and the people coming out, I felt like the result was almost an afterthought on this occasion. Yeah. Yeah. It, was, it, wasn't the, it wasn't the moment. The winner would never be remembered. No one ever talks about who won it, obviously, because no one did. Because no one did. Yeah, it's all about you know, the classic and, you know, the send-off and all this. And it was a classy, classy send-off. They've given a it was, whole it was. show dedicated to people to leave in the company. Yeah, and yeah. I and I know that it's it's um, uh, one of those things that uh, you know in hindsight you know that the finish doesn't matter in hindsight you know it's bigger than that in hindsight blah blah blah. It just, uh, but it just feels so a lot of draw. I don't know, a little cheap that we've even in the last one we're going to blue ball you. Yeah, even in the last one. You know, we're going to go, oh, one fall, one fall. And the final fall is maybe just, yeah, it just blows me away that you just keep coming up and up against this, like, you know, I don't want to choose between them. Just, yeah. I suppose the other story you can tell is obviously the crowd being like, you sold out, you sold out. And then generally the wrestling just completely, everyone just forgets what they were saying and just ends up applauding. The match, obviously, they're in there, like, kind of expecting, like, boo, you sold out, and generally that just turns into cheers. Yeah, I mean, wasn't this, when they did the one-night stand, uh, WWE, this was the match that was going to happen, wasn't it? Yeah. But Dean Malenko didn't feel like he was in shape, because I think he was a producer at the time, so they went with um, Benoit versus Eddie instead. Hmm. But originally, this, I think, was the match they wanted to redo. So, yeah, we had that. We had promos from both of them basically saying about um, how special ECW was and a bunch of people came out at the pit bulls and celebrated and embraced. Uh, and, and obviously, Eddie seemed to hug everyone on the way round. I found it really uncomfortable with the topless guy. <laughs> yeah, at least Eddie kind of, he didn't kind of, he just embraced every one of them. Yeah, which is Some nice. guy was very tearful over it. <laughs> Me. Um... um so, in in Griff's logic of uh, ECW inspired everything, uh, it was really weird to see the curtain call, but like a year before the curtain call, or six months before the curtain call. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it, as we found out later on in the show, uh, Eddie was really, really brave hugging everyone at ringside because one of those could have been an old woman with powder who wasn't an old woman. This is true. Which is a lovely segue. So what did Dean and Eddie do next? Well, we know they head over to WCW and Jay said he needed closure. So we thought we all needed closure. So we also headed over to WCW. WCW Nitro, October the 2nd, 1995. Is we wanted to see Dean Malenko and Eddie Guerrero's first meeting in that company. So... We went over and watched it. You can watch the whole episode or you can go to the timestamp. The timestamp starts off with Disco Inferno just dancing away on the stage. You feel like it could be a Disco Inferno. It's around the 19-minute mark. Yeah. Disco Inferno dancing on the stage, but he doesn't. Eddie Guerrero's music hits. He walks out to the ring, quickly followed by 
Dean Malenko. The match starts at 1959. If you got precise timings, um, it's a. So are we? Is this like no foreplay? We're straight into it. Or, uh, we're not going to talk about the rest of the show. Or we're not going to so talk about the WC Nitro. I watched after the show. I watched yeah. nothing before. I watched, nothing I watched before. after after the after the fight, and then I watched the rest of the show. Because obviously, I was very impressed. Obviously, the change of obviously the ECW arena to a packed to the rafters WCW arena. Even though I can probably count like a hundred empty seats near the front, but that means so you sure missed out would... on Macho Man Randy Savage versus Lex Luger. Well, let's through it then. So, um, Macho Man is so it starts with um, uh, three man booth of Mongo McMichael, um, Bischoff, and uh, Bobby Heenan. Um, they were introducing running down the show, talking about what's going on. It's in the build up towards Halloween Havoc 1995, uh, where the man becomes the monster, then the monster becomes the man, um, yeah. which we'll explain in a little while. Uh, Ric Flair comes out, calls Arn Anderson some names, uh, and then they go to their first match, which is built up by um, Macho Man was being beaten up by, had a match with um, the Giant, was being beaten up by the Giant. No, a match with Zodiac. Was be- then beaten up by the Giant. A uh, load of people ran out to, to save the Macho Man. Um, none of them really worked. Uh, Luger came out. Looked like Luger was going to beat up Macho Man, but then the Giant got in his way and choke slammed him. Um, the Giant's choke slams, you know, you've got this huge guy that comes out and just wrecks people with these choke slams. Kind of sounds familiar, um, but the Giant choke slams, he goes all the way down with them. He kind of, it's almost like a fall, or it's like a falling slam. Um, so it just looked so much more impressive than what 911 has been doing. No, um, and uh, yeah, it just kind of um, builds up the, the the dungeon of doom as this kind of very bizarre, um, but very potent uh, faction. And the giant is this monster that's just running away and destroying people. So this leads into a Lex Luger versus Macho Man match, um, because uh, Luger said he was here to play with the big boys because he's only just come back. Uh, Macho Man got in his face and Luger slapped him. Uh, they have a huge match that goes pretty much around the ring and in the ring. Very good match. Um, uh, Luger gets hit across the guardrail. Macho Man picks him up and smashes him across the guardrail, similar to what Crush did to him, um, and which almost ended his career. So he knows how diff- difficult a move it is. Um, and then um, the finish of that match is uh, the giant comes out, beats up Macho Man. The referee doesn't see it. Luger, who also apparently didn't see it because they're still playing a whole kind of you know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Uh, hinks, uh, lifts him up for the the torture rack, and Luger wins. Yeah. Oh. Then this Inferno comes out. Yeah. Oh, so this Gonfano comes out, and then Eddie Guerrero comes out, Dean Malenko comes out, and we get the closure to the feud we wanted. 
Um, decent match. The only thing is halfway through, they decided to cut to Hulk Hogan turning up and like properly cut away. First of all, it was like split screen. Then they just thought, you know, fuck the match. We'll just show Hogan turning up. And this annoyed me initially, but it actually sort of got me hooked on Hogan and what was going on. But we'll get into that. So I thought, okay, intrigued. Went back to the commentators. I thought they were strong in putting these two over. They were... Really well. They, they were... I was just distracted that Scott Steiner was the referee. <laughs> <laughs> and no wonder he had a haircut after. He did look like Scott Steiner, right? A little bit. No, what is it? Nick Patrick? Yeah. Oh. Mullet. Mullet joke. <laughs> it was a mullet joke. Well, yeah, I can try it anymore. Um, you know, so the commentators I thought worked really hard to put these two over. I thought it was pretty impressive. I, I enjoyed, you know, because sometimes you hear about, you know, people get caught in the shuffle and all this. You can definitely tell their place in the pecking order based on sort of the way they just cut away because Hogan had arrived. Yeah. But it, it was a massive angle, I guess. So him turning up was a big deal, so you can let it slide. It wasn't. But I think the commentators, like, where has we seen this match over and over again? Yeah, the commentators almost gave a different feel to it. Yeah, massively. Um, I, I think that um, I, I think that in a weird way the limited time helped them. Um, they had to be far more succinct, and it just meant they were all into like sequence, sequence, sequence. Um, Malenko is referenced as the man of a thousand holds. Yeah, um, Mongo is yeah. shocked by this because he's seen a book of one hundred and one sex positions. So how can this guy know a thousand holds when there's only 101 sex positions? I'm going out. Um, which is which is a fair question. You know, I, I feel that's what we were all thinking. Um, uh, but they did build up all the way through of this kind of, um, you know, you're in for a treat here. You're in for something. Don't blink. Don't look away because this is going to be something special. There'd been a little bit of interaction before. So Eddie Guerrero had won his last match against who I can't remember. Trisha um, Fandelago. Which led him to this one. Yeah. Um, and they'd already done a little bit of a, an interaction between them. So they were already kind of building the, there's a respect between them that, that you know, they've, they've wrestled before. They know each other so well. Um, and I'm kind of sitting there going, yeah, I'm aware of that. Um, it feels like they're more into Eddie than it is Dean. Yeah. Which is funny because obviously with with ECW they moved, made used Dean to make Eddie, um, but Dean that had already kind of legitimised. Um, whereas they were obviously very keen to see. Uh, both of them had new um, uh, kits, new outfits, new trunks, um, which just looked a thousand times more professional than what they'd been wearing in ECW. Yeah, um, and yeah, the big arena the, the the bigger arena uh the bigger stage did make it feel a bigger match so a bigger match uh it was a shorter match but i enjoyed it being a shorter match because um spoiler um eddie won with a roll-up they love a roll-up but yeah. it was kind of cool no but i was cool with that because we used to seeing these guys go like 30 minutes plus every week so the fact that he suddenly beat him in like six minutes it, it caught me off guard because you kind of expect him to go to a draw and go to 30 minute this. So it was kind of like I was caught him. And you could, so I, if you knew the past history, you could view it almost like a flute kind of. 
little nod. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the same finish sequence we've seen yeah. a number of times. Um, I'm kind of glad that they didn't do uh, an out and out clean. You know, he he hits his finish and he's done thing. Um, did we see Eddie do the frog splash in ECW? Yes. Not as good as he did it in this. Not match. as good as he done it. But he definitely done it. Yeah, I was trying to remember because you don't see it a lot. But then again, that's mainly because he's always against Dean Malenko. Yeah, I'm sh- positive he did it in the six man. But um, yeah, so it's. Uh, I didn't mind it being a steal because it's, you know, and and straight after the match, you've got Dean Malenko saying, uh, "You still you, you caught me on that one." Um, but we're not done. So, really? you know, I want another go. And you can't really do that if he's just eaten the three from a clean frog splash finish. So it, I, it, I like the fact that they've very quickly embedded this rivalry of very evenly matched and either of them can catch each other kind of thing. Mm. Um, however, there was a part of me that went, Really, an entire different fucking organisation, and it's still the same fucking finish. Yeah, well, it's, it's obviously, I guess, it was just a, a sequence they were comfortable with; they knew worked. So at this point, I sort of turned over, started making notes, and me and Griff, we weren't watching the show together, but we were watching at the same time. So I receive a message from Griff because obviously we're chatting away, and it gets, "Hey." Flair versus Anderson is up next. I was like, really? So I thought, I'm going to go back and continue watching the episode. So we, I put it back on, caught back up, and next we had Arn Anderson versus Brick Flair, which is pretty cool because I thought they'd only really had one match. I didn't realise they had multiple matches, but just... No, there's only finish. one match where Arn wins. Which is... Um, the one that you watched full brawl, was it? Yeah. yeah, 96 or something. Yeah, something no, like there's that. only one match that Arnold has won. So we're back, obviously, them solid match as you expect from them. Pillman got involved at the end, won't break it down too much because it's just not relevant to ECW, but it's pretty cool. But the thing that got our attention was his Hogan angle. Obviously, we needed closure. What is going on with Hogan? Why is he so mad? Uh, so Hogan comes out. With Jimmy Hart, American made. Um, and we then get a little little thing from the job. Oh, he gets attacked by the person in the crowd first, didn't he? Yeah, so he cuts the promo. Um, so Hogan's been had his neck snapped by the giant. Um, and he's now going to and giant's running amok, so he's going to step up and he's going to do something. And if you are a fan of Hogan through the 80s and 90s in WWE, you know exactly what this is. This is the Monster Factory. This is creating this huge monster that puts Hogan in jeopardy so he can then fight back and uh, win it. You know, we've seen it with Andre. We saw it with Earthquake, with King Kong Bundy. You know, it's the same shtick, basically. It's the same deal, but um, this time it's the giant. So he's got the neck brace on and he's cutting a promo about the big stinky giant which uh, amused me far more than it should, probably. Um, it amused me. It amused me he, he came all the way to the ring just to tell people he's going back to find him. Yeah, he's looking for him. He can't find him, and he's going to find this big, stinky giant and deal, some, deal with him. 
Um, and this is building up the Halloween Havoc 95 event um, yeah. where the man becomes the monster and then the monster becomes the man. And why it's that is because you're going to have the monster truck match between the Hulk Hogan monster truck and the Dungeon of Doom monster truck. And that is apparently the giant and Hulk Hogan morphing into monster trucks. And then when that finishes, they will morph back to men and have a wrestling match, the giant versus Hulk Hogan. Yeah. I mean, it's them just driving monster trucks when you watch it. Yeah, but the 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 advert is is they become yeah. yeah they become the monster and then the monster becomes the man, <laughs> which so is to... weird. Yeah, so he gets attacked by an old woman, an old woman who turns out to be Kevin Sullivan. So an old woman. Yeah, and then uh, get introduced to Zodiac and the giant come out, and they shave off Hogan's tash. Yeah, this I was surprised. Yeah, I've never knew, I've never seen Hogan without a tash. No, but, not yeah. even when he was in Mister Nanny. I was trying to work out whether he was going off for a film, and therefore <laughs> needed to shave it off. He's probably doing that. Well, I don't know because Thunder in Paradise would have finished. I don't know. Yeah, he's on like the following. He's on the following week. So what was he more like? Just look at the descriptions. He he brandishes a sword in one of the events. He goes. It's like he's gone mental. <laughs> He's, he is mental. He's, he's been pushed to the brink. I was, like WWE, I was WWE loyal. I didn't watch any, any of this. This wasn't even like, obviously, the NWO took my attention, but this is way before that. Yeah, was, was this wasn't even on TV. Yeah. yeah. Hulk Hogan sets further back into darkness to change the Dungeon of Doom with a sword. Well, Dungeon of Doom is what we wanted to take you back and watch another time because it's so yeah. awful. So, Griff, you know, you being. Uh, a fan of, of WWE and WWF. Did you recognise the Zodiac? I did. Beefcake. It is. It's one of Brutus's. Even though at first I thought it was Jason. Even though first I thought it was Jason with the hair. <laughs> um, yeah, one of his many gimmicks. And um, as they beat up Hogan and various other people who come to his rescue, including um, Nasty Boys. Nasty, but well, firstly American males, and they were going to have a match with the Nasty Boys. So the Ma- Nasty Boys then ran out. Um, was, it, was it Bagwell that was absolutely murdered when he got to the ring? Yeah. Apparently trying to drop a kick or something. Um, yeah, one of them was just bad. And again, you can see what I mean about the Giants choke slams in this. You know, he kind of goes all the way down with them. Um, hmm. uh, just really crisp looking choke slams all the way through. Um, but they've knocked out Hogan. They've got him laying on the floor. They've, they've shaved off part of his... Um, uh, Tash. Tash. Um, you've got Kevin Sullivan staring at Zodiac. Zodiac pulls out a pair of scissors um, and Sullivan kind of pulls Hogan's hair for Zodiac to cut it. And Zodiac seems to be a bit confused, kind of standing at Ho- staring at Hogan in the whole kind of, you know, your hair all around me kind of way. Um, then looks as if he tries to cut Sag's hair and then doesn't, and then that doesn't go anywhere. He starts saying no, didn't he? Go no, no. Yeah. 
Because I think Sullivan thought, fuck it, let's cut his hair. But he thought, oh, God, he can't cut Hogan's hair, it'll be fuming. Well, this is the thing. He's, he's kind of chickened out because, I mean, he's brought the scissors down for a reason. I don't know whether it was meant to be kind of a whole kind of, oh, it's the, the his Brutus the Barber person, I don't know, coming to light and remembering that he's a mega maniac and therefore can't. Mm. So, uh, anyway, I'm probably going to find out what happened to Bogan's Tash or something. I might go back and watch some of that. We then get the rundown for next week. Obviously, it's going to be a cage match, but there's one match that stood out. Did anyone notice the match? Sabu versus Mr. JL, who is obviously Jerry Lynn. Yeah. So Sabu is in WCW. Who knew? So the match that stood out to you wasn't um, uh, Hacksaw versus Big Bubba Rogers. Yeah. But it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was that. Now back to ECW. Let's try and fly through this one. The 9th of September. No, 5th of September. Yeah. Uh, episode 124. One, two, four. Start off with Hack Myers versus JT Smith. JT Smith came out to an Italian theme. I can only assume he did at the time because it's obviously overdubbed. There was a big You Fat Fuck chant for old theme jiggy that came out with him. Yeah. Um, only He's... take from it was JT went... Yes, yeah, the one. JT went a fake a dive, but instead he did some... It was almost like fake the dive. Instead, he did some weird roll into the ropes, which just looked worse than fake doing the yeah, dive. It looked like he'd botched the, the strange roll into the ropes thing that he did. So he, he kind of almost did like a hands-free springboard into the rope and back. You know, if you want to see it done well, just look up any Will Ospreay or Ricochet match because they can do it and look amazing. JT yep. Smith hit the ropes and looked like he was going to slide straight down them onto his neck. Yeah. Um, Hack ended up winning by a count out they then tried to attack him afterwards uh, Hack got the best of them for quite a long time eventually they took the numbers advantage and beat him down we've got the intro video not the only time we hear it either no uh, Joey Styles then talked about Eddie versus Dean Malenko while crying um, and Basically, then says that Paulie dangerously is bringing back the danger zone. Well, now we then go to Paulie, and the danger zone is basically him just standing in the ring. He talks about how classy Eddie and Dean are, and then has Bill Alfonso as his guest. We get kind of highlights of this. Todd Gordon is brought back. Uh, he says about getting choke slam. Bill Alfonso says that he's banned the choke slam. Yep. Um, he then attacks Paulie dangerously. Todd Gordon dives in the ring and has an awkward kind of rollabout fight with him. Catfight. Yep. Catfight. But then, yeah. Um, he then sort of starts sort of saying about 911 come out and stuff like this. So the music hits, 911 comes out, everyone goes mental. He grabs him by, sort of throws him around. Eventually going to go for the chokeslam and Big Dick Dudley steps in the ring and the two medium-sized guys stare at each other. Even though I think um, Dudley Dudley's bigger than Big Dick Dudley. And yeah, they sort of have a, a stare off and then um, yeah, Paul ends up decking Alfonso with the phone. Then get a promo. like a bizarreness. 
But then, yeah, we then get a promo by Bill Alfonso doing his usual sort of stuff. Just rabbiting on about everything that's going on. We then get a bunch of fan cam footage, which I felt went on way too long. Yeah. Almost as long as Bill Alfonso talking. Yeah, so this is from the... Is it Jim Forbes show, I think it was? Yeah. yeah my, just... main take, my main take on this was... Um... Chad Austin. Chad Austin getting a title shot. A world yeah. title shot. Yes. Yeah. Um, in a in a hard-fought match, Sandman defended his title against Chad Austin. Um, hard-fought match against Chad Austin? He's not like, you know, number one contender kind of calibre. No. Especially when his whole gimmick is slating ECW and saying how crap it is. So he's rewarded by it. Up. Exactly. So he gets obviously he loses, gets a few shots in there. Then we get public enemy gangster highlights again. Then we get our main event, which is Raven and Stevie defending the taking titles against the Pitbulls. So the public enemy gangster was a singles match between New Jack and uh Johnny Grunge. Grunge, yeah, that was the one. Where yeah, somewhere there. during this New Jack apparently stabs Johnny Grunge in the shin with a bottle. Yeah. You didn't see the stabbing, but... The, you saw the blood. The, the blood looked very, um, oh, yeah, looked uncomfortable. And then somehow Johnny Grunge then managed to get the upper hand on New Jack. So Mustafa came out and beat up New, uh, Johnny Grunge. Yeah. Which brought Flyboy Rocker Rock with his broken ribs out yeah, to beat up Mustafa and New Jack. So then New Jack, uh, so Johnny Grunge then pinned New Jack. Then the Sandman came out and beat up Rocco Rock. And then Johnny Grunge came out and made the save because he'd gone back to get his leg taped up. It just continued that whole six-man kind of like tag kind of feud. That made sense. Yeah. Yeah, basically they just keep going, but at least it's like a singles match, so they're spicing it up and and stuff like yeah. keeping it going. So you get the you got the um, obviously the main event, Raven Stevie versus the Pitbulls. Um, fairly decent match. Obviously, this feud's been brewing for brewing for quite a while now, so. I'm just guided they didn't win. Yeah, I mean, you can tell this isn't the end of it. You know, we're going to get this a um, couple more times. It isn't, but Maybe I just... with one or two different editions. They keep on getting robbed. Um, Pitbulls. Yeah, it was, it was a solid match. I just... Yeah, I'm sick and tired of the endings not being clean. Pitbulls mm. have really started to build some offense in. I mean, there's one point where uh, I think it's Stevie after he gets tagged in, tagged in is put up in the doomsday device position. Pitbull one comes off the ropes, jumps up, and Pitbull two's got him on his shoulders, standing right by the ropes of the ring. So he, he runs the other ropes, comes back, and hits him, which then flips him off his shoulders to the outside of the ring. So it's kind of like a doomsday device with a, a, a far bigger drop. Yeah. Um, then they thought they were going for the, the super bomb. 
um, but it turned into be like a front face suplex. Yeah, from the second rope. Um, yeah, they're really starting to to build some crazy moves in. Um, and the other thing that occurred to me watching this is is Raven was not trusting Pitbull two with chair shots. So was super, super careful and gave him his back every single time rather than just letting him kind of come over the head with him. Uh, And bearing in mind what we've seen him do with Dreamer, it was just really telling from Dreamer's, you know, take anything you want out of the crowd and just clonk me on the head with it as hard as you want to here's a chair and I shall bend over so you can hit me over the back. Thank you very much. Yeah, so they retain take team titles. And we get a promo from a Cactus Jack. Which dark is, promo. Dark promo, tremendous <sighs> promo. Yeah, I mean, he went places. Yeah, he did go places. It's, again, it go back in and um, yeah, watch the episode, people, just for the promo, if nothing else. He's, um, he's doing some of his um, best promo work, I think, here in ECW. So he's going to get better. Covered. Uh, because this is him just back from the King of the Deathmatch tournament in Japan. Yeah. Which he's won. Um, and uh, this has allowed him... Uh, he's, he's okay because he's been told that you know there might be a bit of discoloration, but second-degree burns heal quite neatly, um, which is good in comparison to the third-degree burns that Terry Funk had, which made him run away screaming. Um, And, you know, this in Japan, this means, uh, you know, that he's king of the death match. But in ECW, it means that he's hardcore. And he kind of does a raspberry sound and then just kind of talks about, you know, how that's not a good thing. So it's this really weird thing of, of how... He's obviously very much into these matches and doing these matches and building his reputation still as the most dangerous person alive kind of thing. But he's already tweaking it and moving it into that heel persona in ECW of the anti-hardcore element. Really focused on Tommy Dreamer this time. So the Mikey Whipwreck stuff's been left alone. Um, it is all about Tommy Dreamer. It's all about him and that that relationship they have and... Um, Tommy's relationship with Cactus and Tommy's relationship with Raven. Um, And just a really, really dark promo, which I don't feel comfortable recapping in any um, specific detail. Yeah. It's just just a a crazy, masterful promo. It's worth going back and watching. And that's that, really. Guess we move on. Next chapter, I guess with no um, and it works well because next week is our next chapter because obviously every twenty-five episodes we do our Mount Rushmore, looking back on who we thought was good in the previous twenty-five episodes. It's a perfect time to lose people like Dean and Eddie and move forward because it coincides with somewhat what we do. Indeed, and that is happening. Uh, Make sure you follow us. At underscore Sports Arena on Twitter and Instagram, we talk about all wrestling, ECW, and 
current product as well. Would you believe it? That happens out there. Um, Zazzle.co.uk or .com. Go search Sports Arena. Check it out. We've got a bunch of T-shirts up there. We will be uploading new T-shirts at some point. But admire the ones that we have. And if you like them, pick them up and look cool. While the weather is beautiful, do so. Um, I'm Paul. This is my part where I disappear. And then what happens, happens. So see you around. So what will happen is is Griff will get a message in a minute of um, some lyrics because I'm doing them as we speak. This could have um, been done. This could have been done. It could have been done. It usually been, is. To, to my defence, it usually is. Um, it's been a couple of weeks we've been slacking. Out of like 20. Um, That's so enough. It's... <laughs> Jesus. I can't, I can't believe I'm getting shit for being unprofessional from Griff. This is where it's fallen to. I can't believe um, you sent him a book. <laughs> so, uh, as, as everyone knows, this point is is uh, open to my interpretation, my my inclination of what has oh. inspired me from um, uh, what we've watched um, to give Griff the challenge of a dramatic reading of a song or a promo or something that I think encapsulates uh, what we have watched. Um, and this week, um, I, enjoyed no, our, I, I enjoyed our walk to the other side. I enjoyed our trip across to the dark side of WCW. It was amazing watching uh, the Macho Man match. It was amazing listening to Bobby Heenan on commentary. Um, a huge fan of Ric Flair and Arn Anderson, so that's always a delight. Um, uh, the Eddie and, and uh, uh, Dean Malenko match, which took us there, was fantastic. Um, uh, and the bit that really stuck with me, I think, the bit that caught me that was really interesting was the um, the undubbed music, the actual music, uh, which... I noticed when we had the pomp and circumstance for the Macho Man and through really captured my attention when I heard the finest piece of theme music in WCW blaring across. So here to read us through um, the finest piece of WCW theme music, uh, American made the Hulk Hogan theme is Griff. He's got the red, white, and blue running through his veins. He was born and raised in the U.S. of A. He's government inspected. He's U.S. grade. If you mess with the flag, it's like a slap in his face. He's American-made. American. He's American-made. A real American. He's American-made. American. He's American-made, a real American. He's American-made, American-made. He's got the stars and stripes running through his veins. He was born and raised the American way. He wears the heart of his country on his sleeve. He'll fight for your freedom if you really believe. He's American-made, american He's American-made, a real American. He's American-made, American. He's American.
Fuck yeah. I am a real American. What country is he from? Sweden. Bye. Scotland.